Welcome to the Nude Attitude, where we shatter the mirrored ceiling, worship our sexy selves, and talk about all things holy. This is a safe place where we will be throwing around confidence like confetti and applauding people flaunting their bodies no matter the size, color, gender, or ability. I'm your host, Madeline Gregg, and we're about to dive into the lady pond or whatever gender you prefer to sink into. So raise your glasses high and cheers to your slut side in this nude revolution. You get started. Yep, let's do it. Let's do well, it. You don't have to straighten up or anything. It's fine. <laughs> Game okay. um, We're going to start with a couple icebreakers. And the first question is What's your name and what do you prefer to be called? Um, my name is Brittany D. And I do prefer to be called Brittany. What are your pronouns? Uh, she, her, and they. Okay. What's your sexual orientation? Pansexual. What's your favorite position? Behind for sure. Right? <laughs> um, what's the last porn that you watched? Oh, girl, that was a long time ago. Um, I don't have any name. I don't, I don't have a name. I don't remember. It's a long time. I have it's okay. Personally, I don't what? masturbate much, so I get that. Like well, when I, was I like this whenever I do masturbate, like it's all, like I'm in my own like vortex world. Oh, the imagination thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I guess I just don't have time to masturbate and like we have sex almost every night. So I'm just like, I don't, yeah, me too. Where, where am I going to fit this in? Like, right. <laughs> I'll be sore. Um, what, <laughs> what's the most amount of people you've had sex with at one time? Um, I've actually, I've never had a threesome. Um, I mean, I've been in like a setting where there's like a lot of us all having sex at the same time, but I haven't had like an orgy or had a threesome or been in a sexual encounter where we're all having sex together. Just yeah. a lot of people having sex in the same room. <laughs> That's an acceptable answer. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you're still, you're still going okay. Like you're fine. <laughs> um, what do you think your most attractive feature is? Um, like my body or my personality? Anything. Oh, I'm going to say like, I'm going to, I'm going to give both answers if, if that's cool. Like my personality is definitely like my love. I, I very much like deeply connect in the heart space, but my body is so for sure my ass. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. Um, what feature do you struggle to love the most? Um, probably I would say, um, either my stomach or that like little, whatever that ass is underneath your ass. <laughs> that like thigh ass. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the part literally nobody talks about, but we all know what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
What feature do you notice in someone that you're attracted to first? Um, probably eyes. Mm -hmm. And how do you unwind? Ooh. I'm going to say just like relax. Um, I don't really like drink or smoke that much, but that did pop up in my mind. So I obviously utilize that. Mm -hmm. um, but usually like at my end of the day, I just like lay on my bed, hang out with my cat. My man will be home, maybe play on my phone, but that's where, that's like my decompression time. Yeah. Like chill time. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Which sounds like you should be smoking when that <laughs> happens, but you know. <laughs> and I think, I mean, sometimes I do for sure, but not always. Like, I don't think it's like my go-to, but I, de it's definitely at times I'm like, oh, today was like a hit the bowl kind of a day. <laughs> Word. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about your job. Um, so I can what I say, you know, I'm like, I'm Brittany D, psychic medium, spiritual teacher. Um, what I do is psychic and medium readings, um, which is um, like past loved ones, connecting with past loved ones or um, uh, future events or just kind of general life guidance. I also do like one-on-ones, um, which I call divine soul guidance. And so that's just kind of like, like if you did have body image issues or anything mm -hmm. like that, we can dive into the roots of those. Like let's get deeper and figure out what that is and address that. And then that way you can change and shift your life. And then my courses, like my spiritual teaching is all about personal development, becoming more, um, uh, like my, I have an entire really in-depth, uh, intu intuition development course, um, which is all just about being more connected with your intuition and yourself. And, mm -hmm. and, um, there's different, you know, knowing yourself courses. I just have a, a lot of different, um, personal development, spiritual development courses. And, um, but then I also do my readings too. Cool. So when did you like realize that you were psychic? Or like, I always hear about like being a purple child or am I saying that right? Indigo, indigo child. Indigo child. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Purple blue. <laughs> I was like, it's not the same purple thing. Child. Oh my God. A purple child. <laughs> an indigo uh, child. Um, so like, did you, were you like an indigo child or was this something that like you suppressed and like realized in adulthood? Um, I would say that I suppressed it a little bit. Um, whenever I was seven years old, that's whenever I realized that I, um, like basically what happened is, so my dad passed whenever I was three mm -hmm. and then, um, I was, um, there was like always this spirit that was like around all the time. And I'm so young that I'm not understanding it. And then whenever I got older, it would come to my room every single night. And I literally thought that it was the boogie monster. You know, I'm like five or six years old, mm -hmm. you know, and I literally think that there is a boogie monster under my bed. So I used to do this thing where I would like run down my hallway. And as soon as the carpet changed, you know, like from the hallway to my bedroom, I would like my toes would hit that line and I would leap onto my bed. So that way the boogie monster couldn't like grab my legs walking to my bed and pull me under the bed, like in the scary movies. Mm -hmm. And so then, um, one day out of the blue, my aunt, which is my dad's brother, called my mom. We hadn't heard from her in months. 
randomly calls my mom and she's like, Hey, you know, I don't know if you're into this, but I've been going to a medium to connect with my brother. It's part of my healing process. And the medium Mm -hmm. said that he, that Dan, that's my dad's name would really wants to give, um, his children, my brother and me, a message. Like, do you mind if I bring them with me the next time I go see this medium? And my mom's like, any kind of healing, any kind of anything that involves their dad, like I'm, I'm cool with it because they don't have them anymore. And so we went to go see this medium and I've never seen this lady in my entire life. I haven't talked to my aunt in almost a year, months, like months and months. And none of, I was so embarrassed about this boogeyman thing that I didn't want to tell, um, like anyone in the house. Like I was like too like embarrassed about it. Yeah. And so we sit down at this reading and I'm seven years old and this lady looks at me and she was like, there's no reason to be scared at night. Your dad wants you to know that it's just him coming to check on you. And I was just like, whoa. (laughs) Whoa. I literally just got chills. That's the best ever. And so in that moment, I was just like, oh my God, this is my dad. Like I've been scared this whole time. Yeah. My dad. And so then he basically became my spiritual teacher on the spiritual realm. Like he's Mm -hmm. on the spiritual plane coming down and like teaching me about this gift that I have and connecting with me and showing me things and colors and all of these signs and symbols and and so through my whole life he was doing these things even though I didn't completely understand it he's doing these things and teaching me and preparing me for whenever I went through a a spiritual awakening in 2018 um like yeah about two years ago and that is whenever I went from like I was definitely a medium and like connecting with spirits to like it's fucking clear as day. I can hear exactly what you're saying. Like it was like, there was no, there was no interference anymore. Like it was like, I know when you're there, there's no, like, it was just, it completely shifted. And so he was like all this time, all these years he had been preparing me for whenever I realized my purpose. And so then it just shifted and I was like, okay, this is my purpose. This is what I'm supposed to do. And it's just unfolded because I'm actually fulfilling what my soul is supposed to be doing in this lifetime. Um, So it's been, it's like way more than I ever like imagined. (laughs) I always just, when I was a kid, I was always like the weirdo, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but now I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is like how I help the world. This is how I help people heal. This is how Mm -hmm. I help people develop is through this gift. And so, um, yeah, it's been, it's been amazing, but so it's one of those things that I've known my whole life, but at the same time, I didn't really own it. You know, it's like that. You didn't know to what extent. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It was like, I had accepted it, but like still kind of kept it from the world. And then once I like owned it and I was like, no, this is like my purpose. Then that's whenever I turned it into like readings and a business and like being able to actually help people like in real time, like full time. Um, so I'm super grateful. I love what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and the really beautiful thing uh, for, to me is that like 
my dad passed when I was three years old. And as soon as I met with that medium and had that absolutely mind blowing experience, at seven years old, um, I had been seeing mediums throughout my whole life in, for my healing process with my dad, you know, mm-hmm. in order to heal, I would connect with them. And so it's like my healing, what, what brought me to the place of empowerment and where I am now in my life and being able to be successful and fulfilled and like happiness is real. And I know that now, um, that process that I walk through is now what I do. Like mediumship healed me. And now I'm being a medium, helping people heal. You know, it's a really interesting. I'm so obsessed with this. (laughs) I'm so obsessed with it. (laughs) thanks I love it (laughs) well I mean like I'm glad you're doing what you love but like I'm I'm so incredibly obsessed oh that's awesome I'm obsessed with you're doing I love I love body positivity and I'm like all about like people need to talk about the body and like it not be this like behind closed doors thing like thank you because I'm sure as you get more popular, like you're going to have naysayers. Like there's going to be people that are going to be like, you shouldn't be saying that, or you shouldn't be showing that. Oh, I am so incredibly prepared for that. Like, I really just don't give a shit. There's so much a part of me that like, I just don't, I just don't care. Mm -hmm. You know, like say, like say all you want, like you're a mama three, you're a wife, you shouldn't Mm -hmm. be like shooting nudes. Right. No. I should. Yeah. Talk yourself. <laughs> All right. So I asked you on here to talk about um, positivity and liberation with your sexuality and um, being sexy and owning your beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you want to talk about that a little bit? Dive yeah, absolutely. Um, so basically, I mean, I can just share my journey of how I got to where I do feel positive about my body and where I have where I do now feel fully liberated and like just being in my body. Yeah. Walk me through it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. So, um, whenever I, it was probably about two years ago and I was doing acro yoga where, I mean, I generally have always had a relationship with my body because my mom was super into fitness growing up. So she's always like, it's important to work out and the body's important eating healthy and that kind of a thing. But, um, there's almost an extent that, I kind of pushed it away because she was so like blah, 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 about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then, uh, so I was doing acro yoga and stuff, which I thought was really cool. I still think it's really cool. And, and I got good enough at it to where I was invited to perform, um, with, uh, uh my acro yoga partner got it. I got us a gig and I didn't know, I thought it was just kind of like a, acro yoga thing or some kind of talent thing I really I had no idea really what it was I was just showing up and there for it and then (laughs) and then I get there and it was a burlesque performance it was a burlesque show and we were one of the acts that's amazing yeah but you didn't know about that I didn't I mean he had mentioned like bourbon town burlesque and like you know, he like said like little things, but like, I was just like, so in like, Oh my God, we got a gig. Like I didn't even care. I didn't really like, comprehend I was, like the yeah. part of it, which sounds like it would be so up your alley. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So then 
that night, you know, I'm down in the backstage and I'm like seeing these women all dressed up and they're just like glittering and they are just like, so this is my body, no matter what their body looked like. Yeah. It sounds vibrant. Oh, it was, it just like, my soul was like, Oh my God, my people. Like, I was like, Oh my God, I found you guys. And so I just started, um, like they really inspired me so deeply and, and I just was really trying to connect with them as much as I could. And so then whenever we did our next performance with them, I talked to uh, the producer and I was like, Hey, um, what's the deal with this burlesque thing? Because like, I'm mesmerized. And she said, like, she was like, I could tell by the, the last time, like our the last show, she was like, you are a burly babe. Like I can see it in you. And mm-hmm. I, I know this, I've been in the industry for, you know, however long, almost 20 years. And, and she's like, I can, I, it's like, I can pick them up like intuitively, you know? And and I was like, oh my God. And she was like, she was like, yeah, I totally got you. Like she basically just like took me under her wing and I did classes with her and I learned all of this stuff. And um, then I was able to perform with them and it just totally shifted. Being able to be on stage and like stripping yourself naked and you're like, I don't care. Maybe I ate 10 tacos this week and I probably shouldn't have, but I'm killed it. <laughs> Like it is so empowering and is just really, it really shifted and changed me. Mm-hmm. And I remember one specific um, experience that was like, it was like my breakthrough. I was doing a photo shoot for a burlesque performance. And that week prior, I mean, I go to the gym every single day, you know, I'm one of those, like I have my routine kind of a thing and I eat really yeah. healthy, vegan, blah, blah, blah. And, and so I'm very used to that. And I was just in a, not the best spot for probably about a week or two leading up to this photo shoot. But I had to do the photo shoot because it was in time for the performance. You know, everything's like in alignment. And yeah. so I had to do it. And I remember like the white screens behind me and I'm just like standing there in lingerie and I'm feeling in my body, I'm feeling like fat and I'm feeling gross. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, I'm not feeling. And I'm like, this is going to come out in these pictures. And I was like, I have to work through this right now. Like I have to work through this right now or otherwise this whole photo shoots like basically nothing. Like it's pointless. So you had like a choice to either like loathe what you had in that moment or just like work with it, work through it. Like I have to get through this. What are we going to do? And then the next thing you know, I was just like, I was like, okay, like it doesn't matter that I haven't eaten well in two weeks. It doesn't matter that I haven't gone to the gym in two weeks. You know, it's like, this is my body, like hear me roar. And it just, in that moment, it was just like, that's it. And from that point on, it was just like, it didn't matter. It doesn't matter anymore. Like I am, this is my vessel. This is my being. I could eat, like I said, 10 tacos last week. And I still feel the same as if I worked out all week. It doesn't matter. This is just, this is my body and I love it. It's that simple. (laughs) I think like the mindset switch also comes from like, you have to realize that like, it's just you. It's just you that realizes that you haven't worked out in two weeks. It's just you that realizes that you ate a whole bag of Doritos. Literally nobody else in the world, one, gives a shit about it. And two, like, can tell. 
Yep. It's all an inner world thing. And that's why that, that photo shoot was so transformational because I was like, I can, I have to just go in my mind and in my feelings and just work through all of this right now. Mm -hmm. And then it shifted. And it was like, that was all me. Like he wasn't looking at me any different. He was acting the same the whole time. The photographer, you know, like nobody, nobody in the set was acting any different. I was going through it in my own little world. Yeah. (laughs) It's you, it's you that gets to make that decision of whether I look fabulous and I'm this much weight doesn't even matter. Don't even have to say a number because it doesn't matter. You get to make that choice always. I love that. So I remember you've said before, I don't know if it was like on a poster with us talking um, before all of this, but you said that like society standard of pretty and you wanted to like almost like fuck that and stay away from that. So do you want to talk about that for a little bit? Um, Well, I think that what I was kind of talking about was how, and this does become a little bit of a tender subject. So I'm going to tread lightly, but whenever you are, whenever you consciously know that you are an aesthetically pleasing, especially female, I'm sure males have their own walk with this, but whenever you know that, you know, like, let's say like my eyes are even, like my eyebrows are nice, like, you know, the way that there is like, there is a formula to pretty, you know, there is literally a graph to pretty. Yeah. Yeah. And so whenever you are that and you know you are that, there's this resistance still to owning that I'm pretty because it's almost like, oh, she knows she's pretty and she's going to like flaunt it. And it, so then there's like this like shaming and this guilt that you feel for being pretty. And it's like, no, I'm allowed to be pretty too. Why does, why does the girl who has all of the, had to work through all of her own, um, like um, self-sabotaging body beliefs because she wasn't quote unquote aesthetically balanced and both. I had to work through the same thing. I'm just aesthetically pleasing. I'm just, you know, fit that pleasing, you know, or um, pretty, you know, um, like you said, like there's a, there's a, um, I don't even know. It's like this known thing that we don't talk about. It's like not. It's literally like an overlay. You can lay it over, and it's um, it's like a degrees of a face, and you can lay it over um, somebody's like headshot or just a picture of somebody, and it doesn't matter what ethnicity they are, um, and if they like line up to these certain degrees on this chart, or like basically on this like it kind of looks like a mask overwhelming most people say that like they're pretty or they're beautiful or their society standard of, of pretty right. um it's kind of interesting how it kind of works out yeah um, exactly but it's it is for people that like for me you're explaining this like map mask to me right now most people don't know that it's just they're the people that are like oh yeah she's pretty and don't think about it you know yeah. And it's just kind of like the way our minds work. And so for, for being in like, let's say that category, being in that role, I was shamed and made felt, you know, I was supposed to be like play small. The world told me to play small because I am pretty. And it's like, oh, well, you're already pretty. You don't need to like flaunt it to everyone. And it's like, no, I'm allowed to why, why don't I get to, to be in my fullness and in my power just because I've 
you know, this happy layer over my face is balanced. Like, that's not fair. <laughs> I think it kind of plays into like women downplaying compliments because I feel like, especially now in society, and I, I mean, it was like all throughout high school for me too and college. But, you know, when you give a woman a compliment, they're like, oh, no. I'm not like, I just threw this together or like, I'm not that pretty or like, oh, this old thing. They always downplay compliments. So do you feel like that kind of comes from it or? I definitely think it plays into it. I definitely think that they like co um, exist together. Like they feed each other kind of a thing mm-hmm. um, because I was that way. I definitely was that way. And now I'm like, oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny because usually I'm talking to people and like my biggest mantra is, you know, if you don't find you, if you have something that you really hate about yourself, I say you're not your type and you need to understand that. And it's okay that you're not your type. You wouldn't pick yourself up at a bar. If you saw yourself in porn, you would not click it on Pornhub. If you saw yourself on Tinder, you wouldn't swipe is it swipe right? I never got to do it. I don't know either. Okay. <laughs> you wouldn't like heart it or whatever. You don't find yourself attractive and that's okay. But it's so refreshing <laughs> talking to somebody who does find themselves attractive mm-hmm. and you are your type and that's awesome. And I think you should own it as much as somebody else would own anything about their body. Right, exactly. And and it's not like I just suddenly arrived here. Like it was a long road of hard work, you know, just like anything else but it's like now that I'm here I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna rock this body and I'm gonna have a great time in it too like I'm gonna I'm gonna love it and just I pick myself up at a bar yes me too hell yeah pay for that drink <laughs> in the icebreakers that you said your sexual orientation is pansexual and I feel like a lot of people, I feel like pansexual is like kind of like this nuanced thing um, that a lot of people might not be understanding to the fullest and they might be placing it in the same like category as bi. Mm-hmm. And they don't fully understand the difference between like pansexual, pansexual, omnisexual, which I don't know the difference between the two. And this is literally my job and bisexuals. Yeah, I mean, I can give you my experience and my perspective. I'm definitely no professional, but... Give me all of it. (laughs) Honestly, I think experience outweighs a degree any day, unless it comes to, like, a doctor. And, like, that's... I want a degree. Yeah, Yeah, I don't care if you've, like, had a C-section. I still want a doctor to perform it on me. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, basically, to me... Um, bisexual would be that you are, um, primarily attracted to males and females. Um, pansexual to me is that you are attracted to like male, female, trans, like any, anything. It leaves the, to me, it leaves the, um, label kind of off and I'm more attracted to your being. Like, what are you, who are you? what are you, we can figure out the body thing. Like whatever you have in those pants, we can figure that out. That's not a problem to me. It's more about who you are and connecting with you on a soul level. So 
pansexual to me, like if I met somebody and I was deeply connected with them and they were trans, I would, that's, that's okay. Like we'll figure it out. I feel fully confident that like I have enough pleasure centers (laughs) that we can work this out. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's what I'm more attracted to where I feel like with bisexual, it's more just like, I like males and females. Mm -hmm. And so in, in my journey um, of discovering this about myself was, so I, whenever I was really young, I had all these um, interesting experiences with women or at the time, really girls, um, like hitting on me or have crushes on me or like things like that. And I was like, I don't even know what, like, why do you like me? You know, but I didn't even realize how I was acting. I'm just being my authentic self. And then they're picking up on it. And, um, and I'm just interacting as I am, but I'm not really even thinking in that way, I guess you could say. And I'm talking about from like kindergarten, like I had my first kiss with a girl whenever I was in preschool or kindergarten. That was like totally me. (laughs) (laughs) although I was like the thirsty bitch in kindergarten (laughs) yeah I'm like the one that they're like chasing and I'm like wait what what's going on no I was just like hey come here girl (laughs) and so um and then whenever um so I dated um my first boyfriend in high school um for five years we dated a little bit into college and then after we separated, I met um, my, my previous partner, her name is Lacey. And whenever we met, I, I had to move through so much with my sexual orientation because the level of attraction and like how I really felt about her was so clear to like, mm-hmm. to me, to anybody that was around us, like we vibrated with each other, like something out of a storybook. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had all this resistance because I had never really actually taken the time to dive into this. It was always this thing that was kind of like, Oh yeah, I mean, I probably, I mean, girls are really hot, you know, like it was just kind of like this thing that was like to the side. Um, and I really had to dive into it. And so it took me about seven months to land on pansexual. And in that was me, you know, like, like going through different porns and reading different books and like, what am I attracted to? And literally just like sitting at coffee shops and like seeing people that walk by and like, I mean, I'm just like fully diving in myself, trying to feel out and figure out what is this. And so then once I came into total like acceptance and came out to my family and, you know, Mm -hmm. that whole process, um, then Lacey and I got together and we were together for five years. And so I had never had sex with a female before or trans or anything, just only with a man. Um, I mean, I kissed them, but I never had sex with them. And then her and I dated for five years. Um, yeah. That's like diving in. That is like, okay. So I like to say like people dip into the lady pond. I feel like all women kind of dip into the lady pond and like they might like make out with somebody no bitch you cannonballed in that shit like holy hell you like high dive got the lifeguard wet her name was Lacey like holy shit yes like I'm proud of you thank you thank you I I did not like I didn't tiptoe at all like it was like (laughs) it was it was like a breakthrough for me like this is my new life exactly though like it was this thing that I had just suppressed and put and it it really did it was 
part of it played into the pretty girl thing. Like pretty girls don't like, like pretty girls are supposed to be next to like a handsome man. And you know, like it was like this whole thing. And then once I broke through that and really like, just like, I was like, okay, we're taking that out of the story. Like that's Mm -hmm. no longer my belief and I'm, I can be who I am. And so then I was just like, all right, let's do this, you know? let's do this and we had a beautiful beautiful relationship for five years um and she helped me a lot because she knew that she she's lesbian like full lesbian and so she knew that that was her sexual orientation like from Mm -hmm. very 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 young so she had been in the culture learned a lot knew about a, a lot of it and was able to really help me you know books and like listen to to these things and these videos and this and that. And she was really able to help me. And and the beautiful thing about her was that she wanted just whatever was best for me. It wasn't like a, Oh, I want you to be lesbian because I'm lesbian and that'll like make us or something like she really wanted me to figure it out for me. And so I had for five years on top of that seven months of going within myself, I had five years of just like any information, all the support, any time was needed, like, you know, introduced me to community, total just like under the wing, once again, just some angel comes and pulls me under their wing and just like really engulfs me. And, and that's whenever, like, there was one time um, that we were, that we were out, it was, we were out somewhere, I can't remember. And there was um, a girl there that was very clearly trans, but I was attracted to her and I had mentioned something to Lacey because Lacey was totally down with like whatever. <laughs> so I messaged her and she was like, <laughs> <laughs> she was like, well, I mean, I'm not really into that, but like, you know, whatever folks broke kind of thing, like I'm down to roll with it, but just so you know, like I'm not really into that. And that was my confirming, like after that seven months of like diving deep in research, that was kind of my confirming experience where I was just like, oh no, I'm definitely attracted to her. I didn't even really realize that she was trans until Lacey was like, no, she's definitely trans. I was like, well, it was kind of a question, but like, I wasn't really sure. And then I got to talking to her and yes, she's trans. And so it was just like all confirmed. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, yeah, this is definitely a thing. And so to me, it's, it's, um, I don't have as much, um, um, attraction to, I'm not as, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Like attentive to the body. Like I'm Mm -hmm. less attentive to the body and I'm more attentive to like your, you're saying, go ahead. No, you're fine. Just like what your, your vibe, like your essence yeah. of what you emit is like, that's what I'm more attentive to. If that makes yeah. Sense. So you're just saying that like, you're not shallow. Yeah. I mean, I guess in a sense, but it's, I mean, I like it no, because I say that and I totally am like, I am so incredibly shallow. <laughs> I mean, we're good me, for you. <laughs> yeah to me it's just the best way that I've been able to figure out explaining my sexuality because a lot of people don't it's to me like pansexual is kind of this like like vague thing and people are like wait what is that one you know like it doesn't make Mm -hmm. that much sense to people and so to me that's been the best way of explaining it is because that is how I feel that is how I truly feel and so um 
but I definitely like in, you know, in my experience of life, I've definitely learned that I, lo I love penetration. So that like, there are certain things that I, my body, like my physical body does have needs for, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that it can't be met in, in creative ways. Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I say that because I was exclusively with women um, before I met my husband. Mm. I thought I was a lesbian for like ever, <laughs> for like 18 years. Oh my God. Um, and then I met my husband. I'm like, okay, well, I'm a lesbian, but only like 10% bi. <laughs> and then, you know, after accidentally being with him for like, what, 10 years now? I guess I am by like the whole <laughs> accidentally it's the whole like issue of like I never had the experience we got together so young so I never had the experience of like getting to love somebody who is trans or being in a I never had the experience of like being with somebody who is like non-binary so I can't say for sure that I'm pan you know mm-hmm and it's, it's a weird feeling. And you probably had that feeling too when you were with Lacey because you're like still working through your sexuality while you're with somebody and you're like, okay, yeah. but I'm probably never really gonna know, you know? And that's what I was just about to say is that like, I don't, I, for me, I don't feel like I have to have that experience in order to know. Mm -hmm. Like I know, you know, there's things that you just know about yourself once you dive in and you address things you come to a knowingness. And so that's, I don't have to have an experience with a non-binary person to know that I would definitely be open to that. And I think that I would get a lot of pleasure out of it. Mm -hmm. I think that as long as we both have creative minds, we're good, you know? Yeah. Um, well, trans or non-binary. I don't yeah. know what, like, yeah, I don't know what, I don't, I don't, there's just a lot of questions I have, I really don't know, and I, I say that as, like, somebody who, like, wants to learn, and, you know, I literally have a podcast talking about sex and sexual orientation, and I still really, there's so much that I really yeah, don't. Yeah, we're always learning, yeah, and that's also, like, with my own sex, you know, um, sexual orientation, it's like, I'm always learning. Like maybe one day I'll be like, no, I thought I was paying, but I'm, you know, like that might change. That's subject to change at any point. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'm a strict yeah, lesbian you know? now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's really interesting how you had the flip side experience. Like I was always with men and then dove deep in with a woman and then you were always with women and then you like went you know like that's really interesting that we both had that same but just kind of like the flip side of the coin oh yeah when like all my peers were playing like moms and dads in like the kitchen area in kindergarten and preschool i was like let's play moms <laughs> and like i didn't even have like i mean i had like i think one pair of like lesbian role models in my life but overwhelming, it was like heterosexual normality in my life. Mm -hmm. So I really don't know where I got that. It's like the true thing of like, you are born that way. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And see, for me in preschool, like I had, like when we play those games, I had, there was literally three of us and I had a boyfriend and a girlfriend. Like oh, you were in a triad. Yeah, we were in like a triangle. Like it was the three of us in the house. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> nice. Gosh, us millennials. We produced weird people. <laughs> right.
Okay, is there anything else you have to talk about or that you want listeners to hear about you or your journey? Um, I think that I would like to just affirm that like you are you are where the power lies when it comes to your body. Mm-hmm. Nobody gets to tell you about like what it looks like, what it feels like, who you are, how you are, how to operate your body. There's your body is the only thing that you do truly fully own is a hundred percent yours, just like your mind, just like your heart. So not allowing outside influences to create distance and separation with your own body it's like one of the most important parts of your experience this body that you're in right now as you're listening your the physical body that you're sitting in is one of the most important aspects of this physical experience and so allowing outside opinions to tell you what is going on with your body or what it looks like or how it is is I don't want to say detrimental, but it's just really can be very destructive to how you operate in your life. And whenever you take the time to really develop a role, to have a relationship with your body, almost treating it like it's its own entity. Like I need to have a relationship with my mom. I need to have a relationship with my child. I need to have a relationship with my body. Mm -hmm. And whenever you take the time to really develop a relationship with your body the amount of fulfillment that and and there are insecurities and all of the shaming and all of that stuff just begins to fall away because you know your body so nobody whenever somebody says something about your body they say oh you have cellulite you're like yeah i know i'm just looking at it all morning (laughs) you know (laughs) i know my body when you don't know your body and you have this dis- this distance and this separation from your own body it's like rejecting a part of yourself and so whenever someone you know has a comment or says something to you about your body if you don't know it it becomes you it you take it on much more personally whenever it's the same as like knowing yourself when you know who you are somebody has something to say about your personality or or how you're being you're like yeah yeah, I got an attitude. Who cares? <laughs> like, <laughs> I know that, <laughs> and I own it, and that's fine. So it's the same. It's the same exact thing with your body. So if that's what you could take from listening to this podcast, like listening to me, is to just develop a relationship with your body, and that way you know your body, and no one can have outside influence on you and your body. So, what would you say to somebody who is like? really struggling with that right now like what's their step one like what do they do physically like do they meditate do they like cut I would say, the people out of their life do they what do they do I, I would literally look at your body every single day if you struggle with body image look in the mirror and look at every aspect of your body every single day and slowly but surely you will begin to accept that body you're not hiding it from yourself. Mm-hmm. When you're hiding it from yourself and you're hiding it from the world, that's where shame becomes, you become rooted in shame. Yeah. Whenever you look at your body every single day in the mirror and you look at that cellulite and you look at those rows and you look at all that stuff and you eventually will become in acceptance with it and okay with it. 
And then if you decide that you want to make changes, that's a whole different thing. But be, be coming into acceptance with where you are right now in this now moment, that would be my number one tip is to just look at your body every single day. Yeah. And also like the realistic side of it, like you don't go from like loathing yourself and loathing your body to loving it. That doesn't happen. Like you have to have a lobotomy for that to happen. You go from loathing it to accepting it to eventually loving it. Yeah, absolutely. It's a process. It's worth the work though. You what? It's worth the work though. It is. It honestly is. Like as somebody who like this has been, this has been my life work, like through rehab, through like years of an eating disorder, through like hating, hating my body and hating what I did to it and like hating literally everything, single, single aspect of it to now I'm like, I love the vast majority of it. There's some parts that I'm just like, mm, it's my stomach. Mm -hmm. It's, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. It's honestly not going to change. Doesn't matter how much I work out. I could pay $10,000 and get reconstructive surgery. Not going to happen. I think there's better things to pay for. It is what it is. But the vast majority of my body, I'm like, hell yeah, I can rock a high-waisted bikini. I like being black. Well, and that's it. And that, like you were saying, those stages of like loathing and Mm -hmm. acceptance and then loving, it's like, even if you can just get to that stage of acceptance, you will live so much more happier in your body. Yeah. More grace. Yeah. Give yourself so much more out of life. You will like, you will look at that taco that you had with your friends and you'll be like, I accept that extra cellulite I'm going to get from you, Taco, and it's exactly. going to be worth it because it's time with my friends. Freedom. It's not this weight, you know? It's just like, no, I'm, I'm accepted. I'm cool with it. It's fine. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I love that. Thank you so much for chatting with me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I love this topic. It's definitely very dear to my heart, so I'm, I'm very, very um, grateful to be here. Thank you. Good. Thank you so much for listening. This has been The Nude Attitude, a podcast focusing on radical body acceptance and anti-slut shaming from a true hoe. If you want to interact with upcoming episodes, ask questions, or request topics, please find me on Instagram at the period nude period attitude and on Twitter at underscore nude underscore attitude and on my website, thenudeattitude.com. I'm Madeline Gregg. Hope you keep coming back for more.